Well, good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful day in the kingdom, amen? How many is glad to be alive? Well, I'm not, because if I wasn't alive, I would be in heaven, amen? I'm, I will apologize, but I have to start off with a little story, okay? Shortly after tying the knot, a young married couple started arguing over who should make the coffee. Being a good Christian woman, the wife went to the scriptures for her answer. She said that the Bible specifically stated that men should be the ones to make the coffee. Puzzled, the husband asked her, where in the Bible does it say that? Very confidently, the wife opened up her Bible and said, it's right here, Hebrews. Zing! <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Oh well. Such is life, isn't it? Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew 28. A couple years ago, I had a heart attack. And nobody knew I had a heart at that time, but I had a heart attack. And, you know, since that time, I'm not, I can't stand and sing. Now I know why I had the heart attack. The heart was saying, cut out the singing, you know. And so I can't stand and sing. I can stand and talk. So I'll be doing some talking here tonight. Matthew 28, beginning with verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. For lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And I want to talk tonight about my missionary DNA my missionary DNA, and I want to start with this question. What is the one common element of all Christians? What is our number one priority? Let's pray. Father, open up our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us today. Let us walk away tonight from this service being refreshed and renewed in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, today, because of the, the focus on diversity, many Christians have lost that one thing that draws us together. We've kind of lost that. How many denominations are there in this world? I think I saw somewhere where it says 42,000. I don't know if that's right or not, but uh, thankfully there's no denominations in heaven. I like what A.W. Tozer said. The problem with denominations is they're soon run by Pharisees. <laughs> And boy, we can, we can see that today. But we are so diverse. We, we are allowing the culture to determine what our objectives are and, and what we should be doing. And uh, that doesn't come from the scripture. As a Christian, my DNA, my missionary DNA is found right here. Our number one priority is missions. It's missions. 
and I want to lay that out for you. Our number one priority is missions. A person doesn't go to the mission field to become a missionary. A person goes to the mission field because they are a missionary. And that's something we need to understand, that missions is in our DNA. And, and all of us, I mean, they, they can take, for example, uh, this transgender nonsense that you hear about, and they can go through all of the, all of the processes, and they can still, if a man tries to become a woman, at the end of all that procedure, they, they examine him, and guess what? He still has a male DNA. It doesn't change, you see. And so when I come to be a Christian, I take on this DNA. And what distracts me from this priority is my enemy. What is keeping me? Good works, good things, all that kind of stuff. What's keeping me from missions? What's keeping me from reaching the lost? Do you care that people are going to hell? I think in America today, most Christians don't even believe in hell. And I see this all the time. If you believe in hell, then, then we should be on our knees praying for those, even in our family, that are not saved. And believe me, my friend, just because they're a good person. Take the, take the ten virgins, for example. You remember that story, the ten virgins? Five were wise, five were foolish. The five wise got in, but the five foolish didn't. And if you would see them, you couldn't tell the difference. And we need to understand my, my way to get into heaven is not through my good works. I like what Oswald Chambers or Oswald J. Smith said. Oswald J. Smith. You, you, you're not, if you, you must go or send a substitute. I got that mixed up. If you're a Christian, you must go or send a substitute. If you can't go to China, you need to send a substitute. And uh, Oswald J. Smith was one of the great missionary statesmen from Toronto, uh, uh, Canada there. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. J. Hudson Taylor. I don't know if you ever heard of that name or not. He was in England. He was part of the Presbyterian Church. And he didn't like what they were doing. He was a missionary over to China. And so he came back and he decided that he was going to leave the Presbyterian Church. God had called him to be a missionary, and he was going to go to the mission field in, in China, uh, whatever it took. He had just enough money to get to the mission field, but he didn't have anything left over after that. And he knew that God was calling him to that. On his way to China, he stopped to see his good friend, George Mueller. Have you ever heard of him? George Mueller. What a great man of God he was. And they talked together, and, and, and uh, uh, Hudson Taylor said, I know, I know, I know God wants me to go to China. I don't have the resources. I don't have the support. Uh, just, just pray for me that, that uh, somehow God will meet our needs. And he said, I need the money. I think it was like 100,000 pounds. I don't know how much that is. But I need the money by a certain date. And then he left. And, uh, you know, George Mueller couldn't get that out of his head. And he began praying. He never told even his wife, you know. You know, guys, there are some things you don't tell your wife. He didn't even tell. He told nobody. And he began praying and praying and praying, and his heart was beating and beating. And on the day that that money was needed, all of a sudden, it, became, it, it started flowing in. And some of them had, had little notes that said, 
Mr. Mueller, I'm sending this money. I don't know why, but God has laid this on my heart to send it to you. And by the end of the day, he had all the money that Hudson Taylor needed to do the missionary work. Now listen, my friend. You're either George Mueller or you're J. Hudson Taylor. Which are you tonight? Which are you? Do you have a burden for the missionary work in China? Do you have a burden for that missionary work? What are you doing about it? Missions is our DNA. Now, I want to break this down into several things. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says, uh, then, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, that word power means authority, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, this is the commission. Sometimes we call it the Great Commission, but this is the commission. And commission means an instruction, a command, a duty given to a person or group of people. And the commission that Jesus Christ gave to these disciples is ours today. He has commissioned us to go into all the world. And this commission is based on the authority of Jesus Christ. I hear of uh, this uh, football player that collapsed on the field and in the hospital and everybody's praying for them. I don't know the story, but everybody, I see even the sports news are pray, pray, you know, and uh, I don't know much about it. I have two questions. Number one, what are you praying for? Are you praying for his health boo-boo or are you praying for his eternity? If he dies and he's not saved, he goes to hell. What are you praying for? And secondly, who are you praying to? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if there's a thousand people and one is praying in the name of Jesus and the other are praying whoever, who does God hear? He hears that one. If you're not saved, if you don't have Christ as your Savior, God cannot hear you because your prayers need to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I'll get in trouble, okay? If a preacher doesn't get in trouble, then he's really probably not preaching. But I, I, I saw and heard about the Pope that just died, and I, it got me to thinking, what was it like for him when he died and opened up his, his eyes in eternity and all of a sudden realized that the God he had been serving and worshiping all his life, the Virgin Mary, is not a true God, but also that he led millions and millions of people away into the same track that he was going. My friends, you can believe a lot of things. For example, James 2.19, I like this one. James 2.19 says, Thou believest that there is one God? Well, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. If I had a glass of iced tea here, fresh, cold iced tea, and I just dropped one little drop of cyanide poisoning in there. It's just one drop. What's one drop going to do for you? Would you drink it, you know? You remember uh, uh, the, the guy in, uh, in uh, Great Britain, the, the, uh, not the president, but the prime minister, uh, what was Winston Churchill, remember him? And some lady came up to him one time and said, Mr. Churchill, if you were my husband, I would put poison in your, ice, in your tea. And Churchill looked at her and says, Ma'am, 
if you were my wife, I would drink it. <laughs> I would drink it. I would drink it. My friend, poison is poison no matter how much of it is in there. And you may be 95% believing the truth, but it's the 5% of poison that destroys your life. And that's what we need to be careful of. We have a great commission here, and it is a, a given to us under the authority of Jesus Christ. Nobody else has that authority. And this commission cannot be mollified. It's not a suggestion. Jesus didn't say, hey, 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 fellas, hey, fellas, come here, come here a minute. Let, let, let me ask you something. Come here, come here. Uh, if you don't have anything else to do, why don't you go out and, and share the gospel with somebody? Did Jesus say that? He gave us a, a, a commission. We must go and preach the gospel. And it, it may be a, a J. Hudson Taylor going to China, or it may be a George Mueller staying here, raising the money and praying and so forth. But we have a command to do. It's not a suggestion, and I need to understand this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me read that. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Are you a Christian? Then you don't own yourself. You know, I like this here, uh, what do they say? It's my body, my choice. And, and I like to say, okay, number one, a Christian can't say that, okay? And number one, when was it your choice? Before you got pregnant or after you got pregnant? My friend, this, am I, if I'm a Christian, this body belongs to him. And, and, and I cannot do anything that's contrary to his command. And I need to understand that. I need to understand that now that I'm a Christian, I'm under this great commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then verses 19 and 20, we have the commitment. Go ye therefore. What is the therefore, therefore? It's because he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And so Jesus Christ has all the power. And as for believers, I need to live under the authority of God, under his authority. The choices that are made are not my choices, but his choices. And I need to walk in, in complete fellowship for, with him. Now, before I came to Christ, I lived in rebellion against his authority. Remember when you were a teenager, what was, what was the, the saying as a teenager? Nobody's going to tell me what to do, you know. And, of course, that young man never got married, I guess, or he would know the difference about that there. You know, some, sometimes we think we have the authority to make decisions in our life. And we don't if we're Christians. If we're Christians, we don't. Remember the Garden of Eden. The devil came to Eve. Now, he did not come to Eve to tempt her to, to, uh, with, with another man. There wasn't any other man. <laughs> he didn't come and tempt her to rob a bank. There wasn't any banks. He didn't tempt her to uh, do a billion other things. What did he do? This is what he, he did. Hath God said what the devil was doing with Eve and what he's doing with you and I are you sure that's what God said? 
And there's a lot of people today who say, well, oh, but that, that's not exactly what it meant, you know. I, I'm uh, somebody called me a legalist, and I congratulate him and said, thank you for listening to me, <laughs> you know. Uh, what is a legalist? Uh, well, a legalist is one who takes the Bible word for word. Now, if the Bible's wrong, then I'm going to be wrong, okay? But I'm going to come to the word of God, and I'm going to live it in complete harmony with God's word. Now, there's, there's a lot of things in this Bible that I don't know yet. I'm learning and learning and learning. And by the time I die, I won't have learned it all. But I live by this book, and I conform my life. And the devil wants me to question the authority. If you go to Jesus in the wilderness, and he was tempted of the devil, that's how the devil tempted Jesus. Is it written? And, and Jesus said back, it is written. Now, that's why I need to know the Bible. I need to know the Word of God, because I need to attack the enemy, not with philosophy, not even with theology, uh, whatever that is, but I need to respond to the devil with the Word of God, and I need to have it in my heart and in my soul. And when I became a Christian, everything changed. Over in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And when I became a Christian, everything changed in me. I became a new creature. Now I am not rebelling against God. Now I am submitting to the authority of God. And that's the thing that is really important in my life, to, to surrender to him. And in 1 Corinthians, uh, what is it, 3, 6, and 8, uh, I have, listen to this here, I have planted, I need to get into some more trouble, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own rewards according to his own labor. We plant, one plants, one waters. But now we have this prosperity gospel. If you sow a seed to me, I'll give you money, you know. I, it was uh, when I first came here to, to Ocala, there was a, uh, one of those televangelists that had a tent meeting uh, just down the road here. I forget now where it was. That was like 25 years ago. And uh, so I went into, uh, you know, what is he really like? I, I like to hear with my ears, you know, uh, except when my wife is talking. Then that's a different story. But I, I like to hear with my ears. And so I went in. And he was talking and so forth. And then he said, I have the gift of prophecy. I can prophesy how much money you have in your pocket to the dime. I get up and walked out. And I said, God, if that man is a Christian, then I have to reread my Bible. You know why I was so upset? Because at that time in Fort McCoy, I think it was, or out in the, out in the forest area, uh, there was a little boy, six or eight years of age. I don't know if you remember it or not, but he was lost. Had been lost for three or four or five days, and nobody knew where he was. If that man was really a man of God, he would have gone to the police and say, listen, I want to tell you where that boy is. 
He didn't know where he was. If I was like some of these healing evangelists, and I believe that God heals, but I think some of these healing evangelists are, I'm going to get into more trouble now, you know, but uh, I, I don't believe them. If I had what they say they have, I would go every day to some children's hospital somewhere and I would heal all of those kids in that hospital. That's what I would do. Let's not be, what should I say, tricked <laughs> by some of these people. Just because they're on TV and just because they read the Bible. That, what, did, what did James say? The devils believe and even tremble. They believe that there's one God and even tremble. This isn't the prosperity gospel. This isn't what we're talking about. What we're talking about is sowing the seed. And uh, we are sowing the seed. And we are the uh, George Mueller. And I uh, hope I don't get his name wrong. Uh, the Suttons. The Sutton. The Sutton family. The Sutton family is the uh, Hudson Taylor. We are sowing into his life. We are sowing into his ministry. We, we are supporting him and so forth. And I want to say something that when, a, when, when uh, George Mueller was sowing over to uh, uh, China, he was also evangelizing his community. You see, you can't do one and not the other. It's all, all put together. My DNA is evangelism, is missions, is reaching people. And if only I could get American Christians to understand that there is a hell. And if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, that's where you're going. You don't go to hell because you're a bad person. Uh, you're, you're not, you don't go to hell because you're uh, a homosexual. You're a homosexual because there's a spirit of rebellion in you. There's a spirit of rebellion in you that, that makes you a murderer, makes you all that kind of stuff. That's, if you can cure that, the leaves fall off, you see. And so we need, to be, we need to be pushing. We need to be going. We need to be witnessing. And, and uh, I can't tell you how to do it. You can't tell me how to do it. But one thing I do know that I need to do it. I need to do it. And then the third thing, first we have the commission under the authority of Christ. And then we have the commitment to do what he has called us to do. And then I like this one. We have the celebration. And this celebration is based on my surrender to God's authority, not on the good things I do. There's a lot of good things that cults do, that, that uh, everybody else does. But that's not the celebration. What does heaven celebrate? Do you know? What is it that heaven celebrates? Let me read this. Luke chapter 15, verse 10. Mark it down. There is joy... In the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. The thing that brings joy in heaven is not your bank account. Oh, there's one, one of these televangelists. He's, he's worth, so they say, a billion, B, billion dollars. I don't think you can be a Christian and be a billionaire. Because all of the needs that are out there, you don't need a billion dollars. But there's things that you can do to reach the world. And they want to they cling to it. They want to hold to it. And they want all of that. Oh, my friend, the thing that's celebrated in heaven is one, one, one soul that comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And I think when we get up to heaven, we're going to be a part of that. And here, here's my suggestion for you. Write this down. Let's give those angels something to be joyful every day. Amen? Let's give those angels something to be joyful. Let's spread the word. Let's plant. One plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. If I'm doing what God wants me to do, he will fulfill it, won't he? If I'm doing God's work, he will fulfill it to his own honor and his glory. I'm supposed to preach until I'm done, but I don't know if you know anything about preachers. They ain't never done. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try, to, try to wrap it up here. Many things to celebrate, but only one thing worthy of our celebration, and that's missionary work. I don't know if you ever heard of uh, David Livingston. He was, uh, I think, Scottish. I'm not sure. But he was a missionary uh, to Africa. And one time, he was getting ready to go into the new year. You know how those, those guards, uh, New Year resolutions. And he had a New Year's resolution. He, he said to God, I want to lead one soul to Christ every day. One soul to Christ every day. That doesn't seem like a lot. But at the end of the year, that's 365 souls that the angels are rejoicing in. And there was a couple days that he missed some, but then another day he caught up, you see. And after the first year, he had succeeded his goal of one soul a day. And the next year he said, okay, now, Father, I want two souls a day. And, and we can go on and on and on. But he, he was a man who had the missionary DNA. He was, he was really striving to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. If you are a born-again Christian, you can't help but being a, being a missionary. If you're a born-again Christian, you can't help but witness and evangelize and talk to other people about Christ. Do you know that there are some people that only you will be able to get them into heaven? And there are some people that you are keeping from going to heaven. I don't know about you, but that breaks my heart. Who is it that I'm not witnessing to? And I, I, need to be, I need to be on my knees. And I need to allow the Holy Spirit to really break my heart for the lost. My friend, this isn't the only life we have. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I get into heaven, I'm going to reap all of the, the joy of knowing that I was committed to the great commission of winning souls for Jesus Christ. If you're born again, if you're born again, you can't help but be a missionary. Only a transformation by Christ can restore our DNA. If you, if, if you don't, maybe you're like what Jesus said in, in the Ephesian church in, in Revelation. He said, there's a lot of things I like about you. You're doing a lot of good things. But one thing I have against you, and that is you have lost your first love. What is that first love? What is that first love? A relationship with Jesus Christ that results in souls being saved. Are you there? Have you lost your first love? Are you willing to, to acknowledge that and say, God, I, I want to repent and I want to get back to my first love. I want to get back to the passion of reaching people for Jesus Christ. And as we pray for our brother and sister and family as they go to 
Nicaragua? I can't go to Nicaragua, you know. I can't go there. Uh, when I was in first grade, I was taking violin lessons, okay? And after the first month, the teacher invited my parents to come in and said, please, please, please take him out of this class. <laughs> and he said, I, I will buy the violin just to keep it from being <laughs> marred by, by that guy. There's certain, certain things I can't do. There's a lot of things. I, and I'm not going to get away with what I can't do. I need to find what is it that I can do? How can God use me? What is it that God wants me to do? And there's some people that, that God wants me to, uh, to bless and use me for and so forth. I have no idea. One of my favorite stories is Joseph. Remember Joseph, his brothers sold him into slavery. They didn't like him. And uh, he went from this jail to that jail to this, all, all, all through the thing, you know. And finally he ended up in the jail and uh, the king brought him out. And Joseph said, there's going to be seven years of famine. We need to do this and that and the other thing. You know the story. And when all, the, all of that was over, they br he brought his family into Egypt. And the brothers said, well, now that the father has died, Joseph's going to get even with us. And they were so much afraid because Joseph could kill anybody at the snap of a finger. He, he had authority. Joseph went and said this here. Brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. If all that evil had not come to Joseph, he never would have gotten to the place where he could have blessed the whole world at that time. And, you know, maybe the things that you're going through right now, God is using that to get you to a place where he wants you to be and where he can use you. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to serve him? Or are you ready to let the world tell you what to do? I don't want the world. I, I, uh, I've just finished a book, Tozer book, on uh, the devil shall not prevail. I hope you get it. But uh, anyway, in the, the one chapter, he says uh, something to the fact that the, the devil, the devil is trying to get us to do things that hurt and, and hurt God. I need to come against the devil in the power of God. And the, the sword of the Spirit, of course, is what? The Word of God. And I need to get there. And I need to do that. And I need to be everything. Can I ask you this question? Right now, right now, are you everything God wants you to be? If not, the next question is, why not? Why are, you, why are you missing out on the greatest blessing that God has for you? You, you deserve. God is putting things in your life that you don't understand, but it gets you to a point where God is using you for his honor and his glory. That's all that matters. The only thing that matters is that God is blessed and pleased by you. And so today, tonight, as we dedicate this couple to the, to the mission field, let us, they, they, they are not leaving us, they are just being transferred, and we still have that connection with them, and we can't go there, but we can pray 
and we can give to that. And, and I, I believe in tithing. I, I don't believe, you know, you, this idea, well, I give a tithe so the rest I can do whatever I want to with. No, no, no. It all belongs to God. All belongs to God. Everything you have belongs to God. And I like uh, George Mueller. I'll have to quit here. But I like George Mueller because he believed that whatever came in, money came in, he didn't have a salary or anything like that. Whatever came in was for him to use that day. He didn't have a, a retirement fund, <laughs> you know, didn't have all of that. Are you willing to give God everything that you have and let him guide and direct you? Let's pray. Father.